Blessed be the name of the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endure to all generations. It is now an opportunity for us to jump into this third episode of this series, Doomed to Repeat. And I am excited about what we're going to talk about today. The uh, subtitle today of, of, of this is called, The Proof is in the test. The proof is in the test. And what we're going to look at today is that God tests our hearts through suffering as well as through abundance. God tests our hearts through suffering as well as through abundance. And we must seek God wholeheartedly in good times and in bad. And so God creates this situation whereby we go into and we discover where our heart is really. It's sometimes easy to serve God in suffering because we look at him to be our rescuer. And we're constantly talking to him about leaving the situation, the pain that we're in, it's easy for us to want to pursue God during that time because we know that he's able to deliver us. In times of abundance, it can sometimes pull us away from leaning, depending on, and trusting in God because when there's abundance, it's more lax. It seems like everything's going okay. There's nothing coming up against us. And so it can become a blockage to us reaching out and maintaining our relationship with God. But the proof is in the test. Where our heart is, is what we are proving. Again, the word doomed means that we have uh, is to condemn to certain destruction or death. Indicating that uh, there's an unfortunate or inescapable outcome. And so if we don't have God as the focal point of our lives, we are unfortunate. We are uh, inescapable to have an outcome that is doomed. And we will continue to repeat that process of being doomed. Our first episode we talked about was the beginning. Then we talked about, in our second episode, we talked about choices. And this week, again, we are going to be talking about the proof is in the test. Talking about where our heart is as it pertains to our dedication to God in these situations. And we're going to be coming out of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter this time, starting at that first verse. Our goal is to make it down to the 20th verse. And it goes like this. Deuteronomy 8 and 1, English Standard Version says, It's the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. Listen to that again. 
the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live, not only live, but multiply, not only live and multiply and go in, not only live, multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. So Moses is telling them that God's already got this set up. If, when you, if you follow the commandments, you will have all these things. You'll live, you'll multiply, you'll go in, you'll possess. Because this is the covenant that I made with God. In the covenant, there is a two sides to the agreement. It is a causation situation. If you do this, then I will do this. So this is the situation that they're in. And in verse 2 it says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness. That, ye might humble, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you should keep his commandments or not. God told him, I've, I've, I've been testing you for these 40 years. For these 40 years, I've been testing to see where your heart was. Because if you are not keeping up your part of the, of the uh, covenant, then, which is to keep the commandments, then I'm not keeping up or I'm not fulfilling my part of it because this was a covenant between me and your fathers. And it says, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he may make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, you, you have to realize how, although they were in Egypt and they were in a, a slavery type of situation, they ate pretty well. And as they were traveling along, they got tired of, they complained that they didn't have food and wanted to go back to Egypt. And so God says, I am going to provide you with food. And every morning he provided them with this manna. And they didn't know what it was, but it was good. It, and it, he taught them that you don't just be concerned about bread, but you are concerned about the word that comes from his mouth. God commanded, he spoke this manna to manifest for the people, and it did. He says, your clothing did not wear out on you, and your feet did not swell these 40 years. So God says, you hadn't had to have major changes of clothing, you ain't had to buy no shoes. He says, I've kept you children of Israel through all this situation for 40 years I've kept you I made sure that everything was well with you I made sure you were fed I made sure you were clothed I made sure you had shoes I've, I've kept you so I've, I've been keeping up my side of the, the, the deal he says in verse 5 know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son the Lord your God disciplines you. 
Now, this right here, this word right here, disciplines. Now, back in the day, when, a lot, when I was coming up, they didn't say they was disciplining you. They just said they were whooping you. They were going to beat you behind. You know, they just, but it, the goal of it was, was to establish a, uh, a point of enforcement of a rule or of a directive that was given. That was the whole purpose of, of discipline. If you were told not to do something and you violated it, then there was a level of punishment that came with it. Now, discipline does not only mean uh, the negative of getting a whooping or, or something like that, getting disciplined, but it also means how do we have our mind focused? Is our mind disciplined to do the right things at all times? So God is saying, just like your father's disciplined you, I am also disciplining you, not only physically in that you had manner, your clothes and all that, but also spiritually because I can see the intent of your heart. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. Walking we uh, we say that walking in his walking in the Bible means to uh, move with intention, move with intentionality, move with a focus. So he's saying, uh, so you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by intentionally moving in His ways, in the ways of God, and by fearing Him, showing a reverence for who He is and the awesomeness of who he is. Verse 7 says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of waters, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you shall eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land where stones are iron, and out of those hills you can dig copper, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. God saying, what I have prepared for you, the children of Israel, what I have prepared for you is a good land. You won't be hungry. You're going to have uh, wealth. You're going to have uh, resources. You're going to have everything you need to live a good life when you follow my commandments and do what I tell you to do, and you will be able to go where I have prepared for you. Verse 11 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. So now God's saying, 
You've gone through this adversity. You've gone through this. You've been searching out for me. You've been asking me. You've been reverencing me. You've been doing all this. But now we're getting ready to get on the other side of the suffering. We're getting ready to get on the other side of this testing. We're getting ready to get on the other side of this. Now, don't allow the lack of pain and suffering to cause you to lose sight of the God that has delivered you. Do not allow the things that are around you to cloud your ability to view what God is doing for you. What God has done for you and what God will do for you. Don't allow the things to block your sight. And then he says, I, I fed you, I brought you, I delivered you. Even in the middle of the desert, I brought you water out of rocks. I've done everything for you as you were suffering, as you called upon me. I've done it for you. You have endured all that. Verse 17, he says, Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. That not only goes for the children of Israel back in the day, but that, that resonates back up to today. People, after they have prayed, after they have fasted, after they have sought God, they go through the, the pain, they go through the proofing process that's in the test, and they get there and they say, look what I did. Woo, I'm so, oh, I'm all at the bag of chips, man. I've overcome, I did all... And, and you know it wasn't you. He says, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. In verse 18 it says this. It says, You shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So God's not saying that you will not get wealth. As he's talking to the children of Israel. He's putting you in a wealthy place. So you will get wealth. But he's saying listen. You got to remember that it was not you. But I gave you the ability to get this wealth. Because of the covenant that I have with your fathers. And if you forget the Lord your God. Verse 19. And go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I solemnly warn you today. That you shall perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you. So shall you perish. Because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. God is just like. It's, it's just being laid out. Laid out before the children of Israel. Listen, you're getting ready to go and be able to be wealthy. But don't change your focus. Do not change how you look. The same mentality that you had when you were going through the test, as you were proving where your heart was, that your heart was toward God, and that you were looking to God, and you were hoping in God and that you're believing that God was going to give you the victory in this situation as you are keeping your heart focused on God 
once the abundance comes and the pain and the anguish, the frustration coming from the test that you went through is alleviated, is lifted off of you, do not cause your heart to, not, to lose its focus to start looking at this stuff and then you thinking that you did it all on your own. That you caused the, uh, the rock to deliver water in a desert place. That you caused manna to come from heaven when the people were starving. That you did all this. That the strength that you had caused all this to happen. He's saying, remember, remember the Lord. He says, but if you don't remember me, what's going to end up happening is that you are then going to transition from being the victor, from being the uh, conqueror, to being the vanquished, to being the conquered. With God on your side, you're the victor, you're the conqueror. You turn your back on God, you then become the vanquished and the conquered. So he's giving them this warning. He's telling them, this is what you have to do. Because if you don't, this is what's going to happen. Again, he gives us the opportunity to choose how things are going to happen because he was ensuring he put them in a 40 year situation whereby he could see where the heart of the people were he could illustrate uh, to them that I've kept you in all these things I brought manna from heaven I brought you all the things that you needed to suffice. You hadn't had to go get new clothes because I caused your clothes to be with you for 40 years. Now, some of y'all stylish folks would probably be upset about that, but everybody else was just happy that they didn't have to make new clothes because the clothes that they had were going, uh, staying in good condition. And so, when we are going through the situations... And the pressure, the pain, the, like I said, the anguish and all that is building up around us. We are looking for relief. We look at God. We're like, God, help me, help me, relieve me of this pain. Relieve me of this pressure. Relieve me of this pressure. And what it should be doing, it should be causing us to lean more heartily on God. To lean more heartily on God. And as we lean more heartily on God, it causes us to understand who He is and His desire for us and how His hope for us is that we will be successful, that we will be the conquerors. And He looks at it as an opportunity for us to be able to operate in the power of His commandments. So, as we are going, as they were going through this, it also, he talked about disciplining, as your father's discipline, as the, your father disciplined you, I'm the, Lord, I'm the Lord disciplined you also. 
And so, again, it wasn't just a correction. It wasn't a whoop, just a whooping or anything like that. It was also this process, this training that they would go through so that when things were when they were in the middle of something else tough that they were said I've already trained for this I'm already victorious in this because I have trained for it and I am successful and so that comes from uh, discipline comes from the uh, repeated going through the practicing going through going through practicing going through practicing going through that process continues to happen in our lives so that we when things come at us then we already go into what we call muscle memory but it's not really our muscle memory it's our mind being renewed to the point that it causes us to see how God will want us to go through this and we operate in that instead of operating within ourselves and as it goes on he then says of all the things that you can do do not forget what God has done for you do not forget what God has done for you do not forget what God has done for you because you are going from going being in this desert for all this time to a land that is bountiful it has the resources like I said it has everything you need uh, Moses even told him, he said, you're going to eat until you're full in this new country. That everything is going to be uh, there for them. And But the other part of that, the, the, the other side of that coin is the fact that do not allow yourself to become spiritually apathetic. Spiritually, oh well. I'm in a good spot. I really don't need to talk to God. Just like when you were going through the training, as you were going through the discipline, as you were going through all that, and as you were learning all this, that you should maintain that same level of discipline, that same level of connection with God, so that even in the good times, that He can lead you, that He can guide you, that He can show you, because, it's, because He says, I'm the one that gave you the power to get wealth. I believe that the reason some folks are not successful as they could be is because they are not connecting to the one, which is God, who enables them or empowers them to get well. They're doing it by all, doing all these hustles and all this deception and all this other stuff, but they will connect into God and listen to God's voice. God says, I will lead you. I will direct you. I will provide you with the information that you need for the success that I believe that is due to you for our relationships. God does not concern himself so much with how much we have on this earth. He concerns himself with our heart intention towards him and our relationship with him and us having uh, accepted the sacrifice that his son made on our behalf for our lives. And so we want to lock ourselves in today. We want to lock ourselves in because we know what happened with the children of Israel. 
We know what happened with them. But today we can reflect back on that so then we do not fall in that pattern of that we are inescapable to repeat the same thing that they've done. We're not doomed to repeat. We are a new generation that are changing how everything else was done. And we are going to focus wholeheartedly on the word, the commandment of the Lord to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves so that we can operate in the kingdom principles as God has directed for us to operate. So that then when things come against us, we already have a relationship with God, so we're able to overcome. And as we get the victory from overcoming, and we're able to stand up, and God is raising us up, we don't lose sight of who God is. We still show the fear of the Lord, which is respect unto the Lord. And we realize that He has given us the power to get the wealth that is coming into our lives, and we acknowledge it. And he, again, because we are acknowledging him in all our ways, he's directing our path. He's setting us up so that we can be examples of what the kingdom of God is all about. It's righteousness. It's about peace. It's about being joy, having joy in the Holy Ghost. And it is about us doing and being right according to God's word. It's about us having wholeness, shalom, wholeness, peace. Peace does not mean cease from conflict. It means being whole and complete. And having joy and not just happiness. Happiness is based upon circumstances. Joy is based upon what our mind is convinced upon. Our joy is based upon we know that God loves us, God will keep us, and God is using us to touch other people's lives. So we are excited of the opportunity for God to use us for His glory and our good. He uses it in order to cause us to be the nation that He has called the children, back then called the children of Israel to be. To be that nation that is uh, His, uh, His example to the other nations. So now God is saying, you are my people, and I want you to reflect to other people how my people act and conduct themselves, and that the other people will be drawn by my people because they are good ambassadors of this kingdom. So we want to remember the things that God has brought us through. And as God is allowing us to go from one level of success, one level of wealth, one level of abundance, that we do not forget where it came from. And last week we talked about how wealth is not just material stuff, but it's also spiritual growth. As we grow in God, the stuff does not have the ability to control us so that we just want more of it. The, what, when we have matured in God, our heart's desire is to do more of what God wants us to do. And then he gives us the resources to do what it is that he wants us to do. We can't get that flip-flop. We have to focus on placing God first in our lives opens up opportunities that would never have been there unless we had him 
first in our lives. And so we have to get that mindset that as we are going through the test, God is proving something in me. God is refining something in me. As we're going through situations, the proof is in the test. The result is in the test. The deliverance is in the test. The success is in the test. Whatever God is trying to work out in us, he allows things to come up against us so that we can depend on him more, so that as we depend on him more, that when the uh the tide settles that we have a higher level of dependency on him so that when the success comes, we don't get caught up in the success, but we get caught up more in him because he is able to keep us from falling. He's able to deliver us from the situations. He's able to make us to be all that he desires for us to be. And like I said, this is an encouraging word. Stay strong in the situation that you're going through. Look unto God. Look unto him who has made us. And, it's, you know, because the Bible says it's he that made us and not we ourselves. He knows every aspect of us. He knows. And if we lock into him, he will propel us to go forward. And as we keep his commandments of loving him above all things and loving our neighbor as ourselves, that he will put us in a position so that wealth and abundance will come, but the wealth and abundance will not be what we're looking for. The, what we're looking for is to love God more and to love others more like we love ourselves so that others can be put in a a situation where they are relieved of the anguish, the pain that they're going through by our example, by our testimony, and God intervening in their lives. I pray that something was said today that has touched you, that has caused you to reevaluate and caused you to grab holder into God's unchanging hand. And if you don't know, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day for you to grab hold of that benefit for you. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So it is nothing physical that you have to do, but there is a confession that has to be made. And as you, after you make this confession, then it opens up the opportunity for God to allow the uh, sanctification process, the process of sin no longer to have power over you, to begin working in your situation so that you can become more like Jesus and less like the world. So if today you have decided to make that decision to accept Christ in your life, please let us know that we may contact you and provide you with additional information so that we can help you along this journey because this is not a single person race. This is a community event and we're all in this together to help one another to succeed and become what God has desired for us to be. And if you're on either... You know what? I'll tell you what. Email us, info at godshousecc.com. Let us know that you accepted Christ, and we will provide you with information 
so uh, we can help you along this journey. If you're on the platform, you can click on that. If you want to put it on your Facebook that you know you accepted Christ today, you can also do it that way. Give us a way of contacting you. We will definitely jump on that and provide you with that information. Everyone, today is a great day. Today is the day that you grab hold of. I am proving myself in this test. And that you are holding on to God's unchanging hand so that you will not be doomed to repeat what the children of Israel and those that have gone before you have done. That they have allowed themselves to be pulled or fallen away because they did not hold on to God. Until next week, God's choices blessings be upon you. May you have a great holiday tomorrow if, uh, for Labor Day. And we just believe that everything will be well with you in Jesus' name.